Hi, Creepsters. This is Barry Marino. I'm here to talk about the creepiest TV show that ever existed. You guys love that TV show, Tales from the Crypt? What kind of creepster would you be if you didn't? Well, have I got a podcast for you. It's called the Good Evening Kitties Podcast. They review every Tales from the Crypt episode and movie with bonus horror movie reviews for fun including that 1972 tales from the crypt movie from hammer films you remember that one where joan collins is being stalked by that maniac in the santa suit and she can't call the cops because she just offed her husband (laughs) y'all ever wonder if that was linda evans behind that mask behind that santa mask (laughs) the good evening kitties podcast you can follow on twitter at G-E-K podcast and find episodes on Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and more. Scary Ghost. Creepy Serial Killers. All things that go bump in the night. Enjoy the view from the open shutters. Hi, Sweepsters. I'm Barry Marino. I'm Philip Landry. And I'm Michael Bell. And welcome to another episode of Open Shutters. Sponsored by Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. And by the Hello Kitties podcast, hosted by the lovely Melissa. So, what's going on today? How you guys are doing today? Did you call it a Hello Kitty? Oh, hello. It's the good evening. The good evening. Okay, she, good, 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 good. She's she, Kim. I am sorry, Melissa. I, hello, it's, it's, oh, God, that's a, a totally different meaning. It's not like wake up in the morning. It's like, come to my boudoir. Right, exactly. Yeah. Hello Kitty is that little the, the, the little girl thing that you do. <laughs> yeah. Japan. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the little anime thing. Uh, the Good Evening Podcast, which, record, which reviews every episode of Tales from the Crypt and movies. I'm sure she'll laugh at that. Oh, I hope she does. <laughs> well, we just a whole bunch of decrepit queens over here. Well, we're all like old ladies in pain. Michael's feet hurt. I got One my of shoulders. My, I got my foot, my knee, my hip, and my stomach. Your neck, your back, your pussy, and your feet. Ah, uh, no, no, no. Just my foot, my knee. My, my, my foot, my ankle, my knee, and my stomach. And the hip is kind of still getting there, too. Why don't we just do this from a nursing home? So are, anyway. we, are we two, all two steps from there anyway? Not, well, you the young one. <laughs> age, don't, age is just relative to the pain. Well, okay? I don't know. I knew, a, I knew a queen that was like so incontinent she would leave a slug everywhere she walked. But she still no. said, she, <laughs> said, she, said she was too young for um, depends. For depends. Oh, shit. And she will never Literally. hear Literally. Oh, shit. <laughs> and if I, good thing is, is that she'll never hear it. <laughs> or will she? Oh, she probably will. Anyway. So, uh, what you been watching on TV? 
Well, you know, I mean, they, they still got one more episode, but I've been watching uh, Dragula season four. Oh, good lord! I have the hots for Dolly. Do you have any idea how many how many nights I've spent in the green room and but, dressing room but of the, a drag show? But the Boulay Brothers Dragula is 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 so much. Is I like I like it. It's different. It's 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 darker. It's mm. it's. Oh, that one that you liked with them posing and everything was just horrible. <laughs> now, it, was, it was like the... Uh, oh, that wasn't drag, though. That was that was the ballroom. That's different. Oh, Lord. Now, you know, unless you know the people, that shit's boring. Yeah. You know? Well, besides that, there's a couple other... That that I've been watching, that's on AMC+. Plus. It's a Shutter original. You can watch it on AMC+, Plus, which you can get through Amazon Prime or whatever other way you get AMC+. Plus. But there's a couple of things going on on Netflix. Number one, just in time for the holidays, they've been they had this series, this little limited series called Elves on there. Oh uh, yeah, well, and it's a Dan- Lance and it's a Curtis Danish, and yeah. So I, I don't know. Did they watch the dub? I watched the Danish with the English subtitles. No, they didn't watch the subtitles. As a matter of fact, it's pretty. It's dubbed pretty well. It looks looks. I, I was surprised that it was dubbed. Well, Danish. The reason why is Danish. Danish, they can do pretty good with them. Well, and the actors that are dubbing it are really good, too. Are using all the emotion and everything. You ever saw the dub version of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon? Yes. It was done by the most of the actors themselves. Oh, yeah. And the only one, I think, was Jade West and the girl were the only ones that were dubbed by somebody else. Yeah. But Cho Young Fat and Michelle Young. Right. Dubbed themselves, so they had all the emotion and everything. Well, it was just they like might a, you know, actually a lot of Danish people can speak English, so they, they might have the actual. And with you know, and a lot of Swedish people, the Scandinavian languages are probably really similar because you yeah. know, uh, Anne Margaret didn't speak any English till she was what? five years old. Yeah, she's from Sweden. Yeah, and the same thing with uh, the, the, the actor, the um, actor that played Eric in um, in True Blood. And that's right. He has. Yeah. He speaks with no no right. accent at all. He speaks right. with an American accent. And uh, Inger Stevens, that's an old actress from the from the fifties and sixties. Y'all probably too young to remember her. She, her big thing was a TV show called The Farmer's Daughter. She she committed suicide. She was um, she had a relationship with Sammy Davis Jr. She was a white blonde haired Swedish girl. And the studio made them break up because they knew that people would be upset with an interracial mm. relationship. Mm. We're going to have to cover that kind of stuff at some point in time. So the other thing on Netflix, Netflix dropped this little extra Tiger King limited Oh, I saw special, that. I haven't watched it yet. The Doc Antle story. Uh-uh. Oh. All about him and his fucking sex cult. Oh, I got to watch it. You know, I watched a little bit of that episode of that bachelor guy that came out oh the coming out colton yeah yeah <laughs> I, I didn't really watch it for colton i watched it for uh gus kenworthy he made the show i didn't even i, I watched 10 minutes of it and that was enough i only saw the first two but, episodes of tiger king but but go carol, see the tiger king doc and carol has to take him left right and below the belt in that second episode mm-hmm. she is real they, they really go oh, deeply the, into of season yeah, two of season Tiger two. King, yeah. they go deeply into the murder and everything or either she murdered him or she helped him get away that's pretty much what they say yeah. well all I'm gonna say is Doc Antle he's kind of like basically to put it plain and simple it's kind of like he's the Harvey Weinstein of the Tiger world oh lord motherfucker is nasty okay? that sounds nasty oh my goodness oh 
Uh, but there was one other thing that I just watched. I did watch that movie, The Unforgivable, with Sandra Bullock. That's not too. That's pretty good. Now, I, oh, that's what I watched. I watched White Lotus. Has anybody seen White Lotus? Oh my God! I got my girl. Yeah. I watched the whole the whole season. And what I did you tell think you, about Miss Jennifer Coolidge? Oh, that character is okay. an interesting character, wasn't it? I, two fabulous big women. I saw. I watched Chucky also, and Jennifer Coolidge and Meg Tilly. Both made both of those shows. Yeah. Oh, and, and just in time of holidays, Jennifer Coolidge has a, has a um, supporting role in Single All the Way, the little, the little gay. Oh, uh, that sounds pretty rom-com. cool. Jennifer Coolidge is in there, and she has a really. Well, you know, she's. I don't want to give it away. You know, really you know, I think she has a house here in New Orleans because I know there's a lot of people that know her. I'm not going to do it justice, but all I'm going to say she has a really good line about the gays. Oh, okay. So you got to go watch Single All the Way. And uh, so, um, and uh, the White Lotus. Now, I always thought Murray Bartlett was hot. When I saw him as Mouse in Tales from the City, I was yeah. like, growl, man, growl. Well, this did it. This, that, that last, as a, I don't want to give any spoilers, but the last episode, there was a scene in there that was just so nasty. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. And it wasn't the ass eating scene. It was, uh, it was, it was just an, oh god. I, and I even had to look up to see if it was real or not. And it turned out it wasn't. It was just CGI. He didn't even know they were doing it. I can imagine being in something and then having that on TV all the time. I mean, I, I always thought he was hot back when he was on Guide and Light. Speaking of that, we're going to be talking about the Guide and Light actress oh later. I'm so glad you finally got to watch White Lotus. That's... Yeah, I, I, I had, I thought you had recommended it. Oh yeah, I think Molly mentioned it when, when. And it was uh, who who else was in it? It was Jennifer Coolidge, Connie Britton was in there. Connie Britton, Steve Zahn, Steve Zahn, and Connie Britton with a couple. Oh, I shouldn't give. No, I'm not gonna give. And uh, all I want to say was that really Steve Zahn? No, it wasn't. I looked oh, it up. Fuck. Okay. I looked it up. I looked Damn. it up. No, no, Damn. It, it wasn't. Damn. And uh, but that really was the husband when he got out of bed. That was real. Oh, okay. You know, the one that, that asshole guy okay. when he got out of bed with his wife? That was him. I went about uh, Molly Shannon as that horrible mother in law from hell. Oh, my God. <laughs> Her and Jennifer Coolidge played characters I really just would not have expected. They did such a great job. No, I mean, they were totally against type. But they did such a great job. Oh, my goodness. It was a great job. Yeah, because Molly Shannon always <laughs> plays these offbeat, almost nerdy kind of characters. Yeah. And, and this was totally different from what she's usually doing. <laughs> oh, we're talking too much about this. We gonna people aren't gonna watch it. We got we got yeah. watch yeah, it. Yeah. It's on HBO Max. And didn't you finish Chucky? Chucky, yeah, it was really fun. It was really cute. <clears throat> and what they did is they ignored the the new the reboot, you know, right? And they they went back to the original right. and made like a sequel to the original. Oh, and they even okay. took. Do you see all you saw all the Chuck, the Chucky movies? Yeah. I've seen Chucky. Okay, movies. you saw I one. With, I haven't seen the series yet. Okay, though. you know Jennifer Tilly played Tiffany. Yes, Chucky's girlfriend. Yes, yes. And you remember that Chucky kills her by throwing the the, the, the radio or the TV in the bathtub, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then puts her in the doll. <laughs> and you remember the real Jennifer Tilly is playing Tiffany in the movie, mm-hmm. and the doll ends up possessing the real Jennifer Tilly. Well, she's playing Jennifer Tilly, playing Tiffany, possessing Jennifer Tilly. What the hell? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's. I gotta watch it. Oh well, wait a minute, wait a minute. If you didn't, if Jennifer Tilly didn't give you life before this, she will now, because they gotta tell you the the way she plays the the role is, it's it's 
it's comparable to Jennifer Coolidge's character on in White Lotus. It's that kind of flamboyance. Oh shit. Wait, wait, when you see it, you're gonna say, Okay, I got a new baby now. Actually it's probably <laughs> closer to Jennifer Coolidge's character in Single All the Way. Maybe, yeah, but she plays. It's funny because she's going around doing business and everything, and everybody thinks they're doing business with Jennifer Tilly, but they're actually doing business with Tiffany, who's possessing Jennifer Tilly's body. <laughs> That's and, and it's it's definitely. I mean, it stands alone. Even people who haven't seen the original movies, and of course, the character of Andy, Andy Barclay comes back, and some of the other characters from some of the old ones, and the leading kid is gay. So okay, yeah, but yeah, Chucky really a lot of fun. That's oh, on and this is, this is Hulu, right? Yeah. And you're putting this up before Christmas. This is our Christmas. Uh, right? Yeah, this is before okay. Christmas. Just a couple of quick mentions also out there if you haven't watched them on HBO Max. There's Eight Bit Christmas. All I'm gonna say, if you remember the '80s and when the Nintendo came out, you're gonna definitely get a kick out of this movie. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it, it's uh, it's. You're going to have to send me these and things. And also, another Christmas one, I'm just giving these real quick, is uh, Roku bought out the rights to um, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, and they she actually created a movie. Oh, I saw the ad for that. Zoe's yeah. Extraordinary uh, Christmas movie. It's really, really, really good. Really and did you good. also know that, um, that uh, Netflix is doing the fourth season of, of Manifest? Oh, great. Okay. Oh, and did I say? Okay, so the Zoe thing is on um, Roku. So Roku, yeah, and uh, what is Chucky on Hulu, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chucky's on Hulu. Chucky's on Hulu. Tonight. We can look it up. Or no, 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 no. Chucky was Chucky's on um, Peacock. Oh yeah, that's right. Peacock. Um, Peacock has full rights yeah, to Chucky. That's right, that's right Peacock, because they have all the movies. Sorry, yeah. we, we there's a lot of, there's a lot of apps now. We try to get. Oh uh, yeah, know. yeah. Peacock. We get confused. Actually, it's on Hulu also because. It is. Yeah, because Hulu's also owned by NBC. So wait, who has it, Hulu or Peacock? Mm. Both of them. Oh, so the Chucky is on both. Both yeah. Chucky's on both. Okay, yeah. okay. So if people have Hulu, you can see it. If you have Peacock, you can. Watch if you have Hulu, you can see it. Yeah. Either way. And um, anything else? Yeah. So what we're watching? That's pretty much it. I think. Just yeah, because we didn't go to the movie this week. No, and me and Jim, the only thing we really went and saw, we didn't go see this this week before. I don't think I mentioned. Did I mention that movie Wolf? Yeah, you mentioned yeah. it. Yeah, oh, okay. talked about that, was, that last week. That was kind of All right, I guess that puts us back to the obits, and we're going to start our obits with a particular sad, particularly sad one, and one of our own. You guys remember uh, back last summer for a few episodes, my cousin Jennifer Lynn co-hosted with Ms. us. Miss Jennifer. Yeah, Jennifer was um, 60 years old. She passed away December 10th, Friday, last Friday morning, from the, when this is being recorded. In Baton Rouge while she was on a vacation. And, um, I'm going to get ready to go on vacation. Baton Rouge, yeah, and I know there's better places to go, but I guess, you know, when you pull, no, you go, you know. go wherever you, there is, you know. So, uh, she, um, yeah, she had some heart issues, and, uh, I've been dealing with her, her, uh, her estate and everything, and let me tell you, it's a nightmare. If I didn't have an ulcer or gallstones <laughs> or whatever stomach thing I had before, I got it now because it's a nightmare because she did not leave have her affairs in order, poor baby. Mm. She didn't. But anyway, she uh, her autopsy said it was a, a pulmonary embolism which brought on a heart attack. She had a bad heart condition. Anyway, so Jennifer, rest in peace, my cousin. Jennifer Lynn, 1961 to 2021. 
All right, so what are we, we going to start with? I know I'm going to save that big one. Good old do Bob Dole. Let's do Bob Dole first. Yeah, Bob Dole. Um, he's a you know a soldier, a World War II veteran, uh, senator, and former presidential candidate. One of the largest Republican leaders died at 98. You know he was on that death watch. You know we we were talking about who I was watching to die when he was one of them. And uh, he was also the husband of Elizabeth Dole. Bob Dole was an old school Republican back in the days when Republicans were more, they were more right center than they than what is considered a Republican today. Right. And um, he was, um, I don't know, he 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 was a, he he was had many different types of um uh, he did he did a lot of good things he was able to work across the aisles that's one of the things i always found he did a lot for disabled that, people that he that's yeah and uh, and and veterans too and veterans and yeah. veterans yeah but but, specific, but that some of the some of the disabled um legislation he helped on really has helped I mean, as, as, as either the Republicans that I would actually vote for if it came to that, him and John McCain, or in like the top two, and President Biden's called Mr. Dole an American statement like few in our history, a war hero and among the greatest of the greatest generation. And then he said to me, he was always a friend who I could look to for trusted guidance, a humorous line, or just the right moment to settle frayed nerves. You know, I long for those days again when people start getting along. It's got to happen soon. So anyway, Bob Dole, rest in peace. You had a good long life, 98 years old. And Mrs. Dole, Mrs. Elizabeth Dole, you're the, other, you're the third Republican I would vote for, even now. All right. So where are we going now? Uh, who are we going to do next? We're going to do the monkey guy? Yeah, oh. do, do, do it. Do him, okay. Michael Ned Smith, who was the quiet monkey. You remember the monkeys? You know, y'all, y'all must have seen it. The monkeys. Well, you see, I remember in prime time. You guys watched it on Saturday mornings. Well, yeah, we had to watch it syndicate. Yeah. yeah well, you watched it Saturday mornings when it came on, on the, with the cartoons. Yeah. Well, Mike Nesmith was the guy, the one with the with the beanie hat and kind of had a kind of an elfin look and the dark hair. They were also cute. Well, you had him, and then you had Davy Jones, who was a British heartthrob. He was kind of like a takeoff on the Beatles, on Paul and the Beatles. And then you had Mickey Dolenz, who wasn't too cute, but he was funny. And then you had Peter Tork, who was kind of like Peter Tork, who was kind of like the most forgettable, you know. But uh, now Mickey is the last, the, the last one left. So uh, Mike Dolenz, uh, who rocketed to fame as the complainative, wool-capped-wearing member of the Monkees in 1966, then went on to a diverse career that included one of the rock era's earliest music videos and winning the first Grammy for a video. He died Friday the same day as, as Jennifer at the age of 78. Um, he was a struggling 23-year-old singer and songwriter when he saw an advertisement in Variety seeking four insane boys. <laughs> Boy, if they went three insane old boys, we could do for that one. Uh, for acting roles in the new TV series, and, and the two aspiring television producers, Bob Rathstone and Bert Schneider, inspired by the Beatles movie, A Hard Day's Night. And they were hoping to make a TV series about the zany annex of a rock band. And they did, and they did a pretty good job with it, too, I gotta say. So we have one monkey left, Mike Nesbitt, gone at 78. 
Yeah. All right, next one. This one is kind of near and dear to my heart because this uh this this lady was a soap op was an actress on two of the soaps that my mom loved. Her name was Lisa Brown. She mm. was a guide and light and as the world actress. Uh, she was known as Nola. Nola Reardon Quinn. Uh, Nola Reardon Chamberlain on Guide and Light was when she first came on. And she started off as a teenage girl who was kind of comic relief because she had sort of a comedic kind of personality. And then she turned into a villain. She was trying to break up like the super couple at the time. And then she became a heroine. And she played every role great, wonderfully. She was she was just fabulous at it. And so later she went on, uh, she went on As the World Turns where she played a character named Iva Snyder who was like the polar opposite of what Nola was when she came on. She was serious and she was a good person with, and, you know, she was, she was like a heroine from the beginning. So they're really a sufferer. And by this time, She's playing a teenager in 1981. By 1986, she's playing the mother of a teenage girl. So mm. it's one of those things. But anyway, uh, her, her career kind of uh, faded out after she left As the World Turns, but she went back to Guiding Light right before the series ended in 2009. So, all right, Lisa Brown, 67 years old, rest in peace. All right, so now, where are we now? Who do we have? Oh, that's not a singing bowl. <laughs> oh, I thought that was a clock. Yeah, I thought that was a clock getting ready to chop. No, it was. All right, now this is our big one. Yeah. This is our big one, and this one, your gay card gets taken away if you don't know who this is. Stephen Sondheim, the Titan of American musicals, is dead at 91 years of age. He was one of Broadway history's songwriting titans, whose music and lyrics raised and reset the artistic standard for the American stage musical. Um, what some of his uh, some of his uh, okay. famous well, works? The, there's the remake right now, West Side, oh, West Side Story, Story mm -hmm. and, Gypsy. and Gypsy, Into the Woods, Into the Woods, favorite. Passion, uh, mm -hmm. Follies, Company, A Little Night Music. Pacific Overture, Sweeney Todd. Something happened to the Forum. Sunday in the Park with George. Pacific Overtures. I mean, this guy. A lot of stuff. I mean, he was huge. This guy's. This guy has quite. Was, was he? Did they see him as the father of the modern musical theater? Well, he's. Oh well, it's he's a type. He's a type. Alongside Rodgers and Hammerstein. He was. A, he's kind of like him. He basically got elevated. And Meredith Wilson. He he yeah, kind of. Yeah. Um, he came after. He came after Rodgers and Hammerstein. Yeah, he learned basically. Yeah. From he's like a protege of that. Did, he, did yeah. he exceed them? Would you say? Yes. Oh yes. After yes. He exceeded all of them. I mean, he's he's even more so than even Andrew, Andrew Lloyd Webber. Webber, Webber yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. I mean, he's got he he's got a playlist. He's got you know, <laughs> he, he's got a body of work like nobody else. Yeah, it was really interesting. I saw a lot of people on Twitter were actually um, sharing different things and lyrics. And you know, one of the sweetest things was that a lot of people were doing. Um, oh, there she goes. There's a there's a, there's a, there's a, clock. a lot of people were doing lyrics from from uh, one of the ones they loved doing was a lot, a lot of people took lyrics from "No One Is Alone" from "Into the Woods." You know. Oh man. Yeah, just cause, you know. Yeah, because he's visually, you know, so. So he also maintained a home in Manhattan and a townhouse on East 49th Street. And he's been spending most of his pandemic in Western Connecticut. Yeah. And he was extremely pleased 
by uh, the opening November 18th opening of Assassins, and it was a, um, a re revival of Company starring Patti Lapone. Oh, I love her. I love her. And so he even wrote uh, for the movie Dick Tracy that Madonna oh, yeah, song Madonna right. sang sooner or later. He, he wrote so that much. was one. That was that's a pop hit for him. Yeah. Sooner or later. All right, Steven Sondheim. Oh, oh, send in the clowns. That's another one of his. Send in the clowns. Yeah. Like I said, though, my favorites are always going to be Into the Woods and Sweeney Todd. I gotta watch the movie Into the Woods. I only saw part of it. Oh my gosh, that's the thing. I put that on at night, like when me, like I want to feel calmer and put it on for me and Fossey when we go to bed sometimes. I, you know what I do when Lance leaves and goes to work? I turn, I put audio books on my phone, and I've listened to Betty and Joan the Divine Feud so many times lately. Alright, so even sign her and rest in peace, ninety one years rest old. All right, you got some obits for us, huh? Oh, you know what that. time yes, is it? it? Time the clock was saying it it's horoscope time. My phone doesn't want to say it's that time though. It's My phone wasn't letting me get <laughs> it's horoscope time. It's horoscope <laughs> time. It, everything is so sublime. It's horoscope. It's time. always sublime, right? <laughs> Philip Landry is the one. He makes horoscope so much fun. He will kick you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> How many more, Larry? Again, I had a couple you more. You won't verses. be of the human race. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, probably not this week. Because this week, uh, children, this is the Fangs edition. Mm. Since we're with these whole vampire things, you know. But we're going to talk about if you got to deal with Fangs this week. What would your fangs be like? Which animal kind of fangs would you have? So, Aries, you would have viper fangs. Mm. Little, little venom, you know, little viper venom. As in those snake things? Mm. Aries a little tested. Oh. Watch out, y'all. Y'all may be ready. If y'all, you go get in there in Aries, you might get bit. <laughs> oh, goodness. Taurus, not so much bit. I'm thinking, well, you might get bit. Uh, Tauruses are like heavily territorial right now. They're going to deal with having some baboon fangs. No, mm -hmm. good. That's scary. Baboon fangs. That's a tusk. That's not even fangs. No, those are fangs. Ew. Baboons have fangs. Those are scary. You know, I had um, it's there's my young, my cousin. She wasn't younger than me. She was a little bit older than me. But we went to the zoo. And the baboon scared her, and she starts screaming, and the baboon starts screaming because mm. they sense when you're scared of them, and they'll tease you even more. Mm. What, what, I don't know if it was the baboons or if it was the other. There's another. What's the other? I cannot think of the other. Um, it's the baboons ape. in the oh, in the open that are jumping all. No, but there's the other ape species. There's the baboons, and then there's other orangutan. No, no, no. They're similar to the baboons, and it have like it starts with, like I'll have to go look it up. My brain. I've seen them at the zoo. I know I can't remember. They always had the balls. But anyhow, everywhere. I don't know which one it was, but my um, my partner told me because he went to Ethiopia with his brother a few mm. years back, and they had to keep their head down. They were literally walking amongst them in like the highlands mm. of Ethiopia, and there's like you can walk, but don't make eye contact. I don't know. I think, don't make eye contact. I don't. I don't think. I think animals sense when you're scared of them. Because you remember how that giraffe came right up to me when we were at the... No, no, no. This is different. Because, see, with, like, baboons and these, some of these other apes, they're very, they have this very societal territory thing. And if you make eye contact, you can cause a whole uproar. And before you know it, you're being taken down by a whole bunch. They'll let you in. They don't see you as a threat unless you start locking eyes with them. 
Like if you walk and you just look down and you're fine. Mm-mm. Yeah, especially I might want to do that around some of the tourists this mm-hmm. week. Next, what is with being hit in this bowl tonight? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that it's the spirits. Spirit did it. <laughs> Next is Gemini. Just in time for Christmas. Watch out. Gemini is going to use their hippopotamus. That's our Roz, huh? They're going to use their hippopotamus fangs. So if you want to... You are calling our Roz a hippopotamus. So if you want a hippopotamus for Christmas, get you a Gemini. Oh, that is not right. You you, you realize that's... (laughs) I didn't say it. Barry Barry made that connection. That is is my adoptive son you're speaking of. I did not say it. You said it. I just said Gemini's in general. Okay. All right. We have the other Gemini's. Uh-huh. 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 <laughs> All right, what's next? Next is your lovely side. Oh, of Jesus, what's me? Y'all actually got probably the best fangs this week. Y'all got shark fangs. Uh, baby shark. Baby shark. Which is actually kind of cool because just like that song where it can just keep going, regenerating in your head, shark fangs, even if they get lost, like broken off, they can regenerate back. They're one of the only ones that can actually do that. Of animals, yeah. I wish and they it. can regenerate their fangs. Oh, yeah, we need that. So, isn't that kind of cool? Like, you can just keep biting and biting this week and biting some more. <laughs> I don't know if that's good that or bad. That bites. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad. I don't know if that's good or bad. I bit at everybody today. I told <laughs> you earlier today that I was going to be grouchy because I was feeling badly. And you knew it. Hey, at least you got good flair with it, though. Well, I, I think it's, uh, I don't know. I think I'm going to tell everybody what happened. It's funny. Ah, uh, we were just like, God, Philip and I were kind of like out of each other's throats. So we were recording the show and Philip's all clamming up and all butthurt and all quiet and everything like he does when he gets mad, when he gets angry or when he gets hurt. Wait, 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 wait. Until you find out what I am later on, You'll, it'll all make and sense. And we were recording the show. We get, what, about, about 10 minutes into it. And I noticed that the mic's not hooked up. <laughs> and we have to start all over again. And that broke the ice, and then we were back to normal again. <laughs> Just but I got to tell you, I am grouchy because I'm feeling badly. I'm sorry you're feeling bad. I'm really that's, that's one of the reasons why. It, it, I mean, it, it, that just... I'm really, hoping that, I'm really hoping you can get the help you need. Like, seriously. this is Because if you really are experiencing... What we think it might be with the gallbladder that is well, everything I've described I to you is consistent it's with it's a very it. uncomfortable situation, and it goes away for like such a long time. You think you're okay, and then the sad it hits point you is again. it comes back and it gets worse, and then eventually it because like go remember away I said last year it was good and it went away for like um, oh almost a year, mm. and it came back and it's like and you know and then like last night I said oh I would really love me some some. Uh, well, McDonald's definitely. fries, and when I ate Ooh, the McDonald's fries, that's the worst thing. I got into about the first, the, the first little, you know, right when they Ouch. stick it out. Well, you know, Curtis came home with a treat, and then the other day he takes me to Rocky and Carlos, so I get the breaded veal cutlet oh, and the no, potato I'm... salad. Thank God it wasn't Rally's fries. You would have been passed without pain. You'd have been dead when the Rally's fries. Well, the 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 potato <laughs> salad, <laughs> the potato potato salad wasn't bad. That didn't do too bad. Yeah, that was deep fried. But, but the, 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 the fried meal cutlet, yeah. oh, God, that the almost killed me. That almost killed me. I think you're, that sounds a lot like what I was expecting. That sounds good, too, at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> you getting hungry, mm-hmm. Michael? <laughs> oh, I have some good cottage cheese for when I get hungry, which I'm going to eat on the break. <laughs> Talking about hungry, let's talk about Leo's and their fans. <laughs> 
Oh, that's Curtis. So what's Curtis? Leo's they they got some nice wolf fangs. Oh, he loves wolves. Says he loved that. Yeah, yeah, he loves wolves. So. I think he thinks he's a werewolf. Yeah. Yeah, that kind. Of, yeah, well, he's from he Bogalusa. He might actually be. He's from Bogalusa. He actually could be. He, he could. Could have been running in the woods over there in Bogalusa. But he needs he needs to be a shark so his teeth will grow back. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> it's not gonna happen. Look at some shark teeth. Virgo! That's me. Y'all are scheming asses this week. Y'all got y'all tarantula fangs. I hate spiders too. I mean, I do. I don't like them. The but you are the spider this week. I never still hate myself for being the weave spider. Weave your web, honey. Weave <laughs> oh, your web. Man. Catch them flies. Hey, I get to be Jaws. <laughs> actually, there's some. Tar- there's one tarantula species that can actually like eat whole birds. Like actually, yeah, I saw that. There's like a big tarantulas down there. Well, they, they swallow them like whole, or they just eat, take, just drink their blood. They drink their blood. They drink the blood mainly. And they just well, that's what I said. They can, they can kill. Yeah, they can kill bird, birds. Full birds. Full birds. Yeah. They're like pewed tarantulas. Eh. Eh. You crawl. Let's move on from this nonsense. Libra. That was your mama. Libra. That was my mama. Was your mama. Your mama would love hers. Hers is probably, probably the most fashionable of all. Oh, which is it? Jaguar fangs. Well, she'd like cats. She was scared of them. But she was stylish enough. She, she would have been, yeah, she would have been afraid of of uh, falls. But she did love to see the uh, like the movie cat people. But she would she be, thought that the panthers were beautiful. But that's what I'm saying. She would she would have jaguar. Fans. But she would have been fra- scared of falls, and she would have been scared of really? Mr. Fred. Yeah, he just entered the room, people. No, she's okay. scared. She's scared. She was scared of them because they, they can kind of creep up on you. Was that used to creep around, huh? Steal a rat. No, I think that when she was a kid, somebody threw a cat at her or something and scared her. <laughs> oh, well, that would do it. Because, yeah. I mean, I thought that, uh, I used to think it was But really, really it's sad because it's not the cat's fault, it's the person that yeah. threw it at She was scared yeah. of him. I mean, if she was oh. in the room with a cat, she would run screaming. She went by my brother after Hurricane Katrina, oh. and she saw his cat, Hobbs. And she she got so mad she got so upset she went out on the porch and wouldn't do the chair Aww. like Granny Clampett when she wouldn't come <laughs> when she wouldn't leave to go to Beverly Hills <laughs> she even joked about it. she said yeah I thought they were gonna have to take the chair with them to drop me off somewhere <laughs> my brother had to take her to Mississippi to pick up my cousin while somebody took care of the cat <laughs> all right what's what, who we have next well. Since you were talking about the incident we had earlier, Scorpio <laughs> and my fangs are cobra fangs. Oh, that was very cobra life. You were so quiet. I was waiting mm, for you to strike. strike. But then the computer did it for me. <laughs> I think, you know what I think? I think that might have been Jennifer doing that. <laughs> no, it was just me forgetting to put the mic in. That's all. <laughs> it was just, It was just me. Now look, what is it me hitting this? I'm gonna have to move this goddamn bowl. I like the way that sounds. It does sound like a singing bowl, though. It does sound like one of those Tibetan singing bowls. It's really mm. pretty. Actually, no. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Sometimes what I yeah, it makes a really yeah. nice sound. Yeah, Sometimes I'd actually uh, put my phone like when I'm cleaning like my house. Bell. When I clean my house, I'll put the phone in this bowl, and then mm. it'll amplify the sound. Wow. And it's really kind of cool. So. Yeah, no, it's a pretty bowl. It's got like dragons in it and stuff. It's, so now we got. So now we have. These yeah. lucky ass bastards, Sagittarius. Oh, what you doing to your boy? They get to have lion fangs. Oh, I want the lion fangs. Well, the shark's good too. 
You remember, remember yours at least generated the line breaks there, so well they got Yeah, be- but I get to eat I can't eat anything right now, so Yeah. Well Actually considering considering talking about lucky the Capricorns might really be feeling themselves and enjoying themselves though. They get have vampire bat fangs. Oh that's cool. That's you know, Lance. You know Lance gonna love that. Oh yeah, I love getting yeah. bit. Yeah, you see me getting bit. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, kind of Lance kind of is like a little vampire bat. Oh, he's like a little vampire. I mean, you got the little cave, which is the room upstairs. And the way he dresses like Lestat. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it all kind of comes together. Although, he may dress like Lestat, but he's acting more like a character from what we do in the shadows. (laughs) It's way more comical. Yeah. Although Lestat... Or like the Barnabas from the Johnny Depp movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but even funnier. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like if 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 Nandor and Laszlo had a love child. That, well, actually, had a triple love child. Even. But his birthday is coming up With next Nadia. week, and we're taking them on the Natchez. They took me on the boat, but it wasn't the Natchez because the Natchez was still being fixed. It was the city of New Orleans, so we're do going on the Natchez Na- tonight. Do you think Nadia from What We Do in the Shadows did Birthlands? You think she birthed it? He says he is. He he says he's from another sort of. It, wait, it actually could be the Nadia doll, the Nadia doll from from what we do in the shadows actually. May it's possible. It's the doll. It's not Nadia herself. It's I'm glad doll. he doesn't listen because he, he don't could, get it. He would like it. He'd go look it up if he don't. Mm-hmm. I think he, he didn't. You watch what we do in the shadows? Yeah, I think so. I have a, I, I have a little trouble with that. I have a little trouble getting through that. We're not we're not covering that during the series, but we've kind of mentioned it here and there. Well, I would like it's to cover really, it because I want to have a reason to really watch good. it again. I mean, honestly, what I love about it, it's the mockumentary thing. Mm. It's like the office, but with vampires. Yeah. It's nice. All right, what's next? Moving along, lurking through the jungle, we got nice old Aquarius with their tiger fangs. Wow. The Brown. tigers and, 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 and lions following each other. <laughs> lions and tigers are my- Oh my! <laughs> but no bears to be found. Oh, yeah, just because the Because they're hibernating. Because <laughs> a bitch is hibernating, or a bitch don't want to come, come out to the my house. store. They come to my store all the time, but they're married bears. Oh. You know, them bears. It's, it's hibernation season. All right. So with their with their uh, mm. snacks and shit. <laughs> yeah, I need a snack. I'm getting a little weak. <laughs> Last but definitely not least, well, it might be least this week. Pisces, <laughs> I usually pretty nice. To I, I didn't get the shark since they have fish. No, they got the Dracula fish. Oh, okay, they still got a fish. A lot of show, but not near the force. Yeah, because mine is a crab, so that's a sea. A, a sea animal. They're just picking small fights. We're they're sea, just picking seafood. They're just Pisces are just picking small fights this week. Oh, so anyway, that's all. That's all. Y'all go sink your teeth into whatever you're doing, whether right. it's the Christmas ham or <laughs> or, or your boyfriend's or the, ass. Or the <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's just pulled up, pulled some really ex- disturbing images in my head. But anyway, <laughs> uh, we will be right back. We have, we have a message from our other sponsor, which is me, my company, Barry Marino Craft Creations. And we'll be back to talk about which actually our longest extended obit, uh, the person that we lost that's really the biggest death of all this week, uh, 
our favorite author, Anne Rice. Be right back. As some of you may remember, and if you do to our podcast, I have another business that has finally become live on the internet. It's Barry Marino's Craft Creations. I have made ha- Afghans, hats, scarves, and much more. More coming weekly. Great thing is, we sell holiday items all year round, so you don't have to wait till that special time of the year to order what you will like and enjoy. Thanks to our Roz, it's an easy, interactive website to see what has been put on the internet. And after a long wait, finally, we got the Gentilly Lace line of candles live. We have wonderful scents for any household or just for the season. Also, be on the lookout for our Christmas and New Year's holiday candles. And guess what? Our seasonal candles will have something a little special in them. A little out of the ordinary, but we have put charms in the candles. From king cake babies for Mardi Gras to champagne flutes for New Year's. So look out for our website, BarryMarinosCraftCreations.com. That's B-A-R-R-Y-M-A-R-I-N-O-C-R-A-F-T-C-R-E-A-T-I-O-N-S. We are back, Griefsters, and uh, oh, this is uh, this is kind of a sad episode. We are talking about a great lady and a New Orleanian. New Orleans lost part of his soul. We lost part of our soul. We lost when we lost Anne Rice on December 11th at the age of 80. Now, we didn't put her in with the regular obits because we dedicate this entire episode to her, her legacy, and her memory. Um, I got a little background on her first. Uh, she was born Howard Allen uh, Francis O'Brien. You can tell they wanted a boy, can't you? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. Um, on October 4th, 1941. And... Um, <laughs> She grew up in New Orleans, spent much of her early life in the city before they moved to Texas and later San Francisco. And she was raised very, very Catholic, mm-hmm. which pretty much stayed with her most of her life. I don't life. Know if they were Creoles. Uh, no, they were Irish. Oh, well, they could be Irish. Yeah, they're Irish. And um, she, as a young adult, she became agnostic. And then she went back to being Catholic again. Now, her first, um, well, she was living in um, in San Francisco when she was married to a poet by the name of Stan Rice. Mm-hmm. And she wrote a book. What happened is her young daughter wound up having leukemia. Mm-hmm. What was the, uh, the daughter's name? Was it Brittany? Um, well, she had a young daughter and she had leukemia and the little girl died at five. And um, then she spent the whole summer in the mid-70s writing Interview with a Vampire. She yes. said it was just incoherent. She didn't even know what she was writing. And there is um, a, a lot of people seem to think the character Claudia, the child vampire, was based on her daughter. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. It, it was, you can yeah. tell. Definitely. She says she wasn't sure, but... Um, I, think, I think it poured out of her soul. Yeah. And... Um, so she, um, the book winds up, she, she publishes the book and it winds up becoming the bestseller. And 
with time, it kept on selling better and better and better. And by like the, the but like uh, say the 1985, like nine years later, it was one of the top selling books of all time. And then she wrote the sequel called The Vampire Lestat. And that was at that point she decided to move back to New Orleans. And when she was living in New Orleans, she was a major citizen. She was. She was at Cuckoo's and I was serving her yeah, Mexican food. <laughs> Mexican kind of. One, one step, Cuckoo's was one step above Taco Bell. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, I remember when she she lived here. She had she had the house on First Street, uh, which turned out yeah. to be the house where her witching hour mm -hmm. books was set. And uh, she um, she used to have a phone number listed in the book. That's insane. <laughs> so the next book she wrote after that was the Queen of the Dam. Now she also wrote some erotica, mm, Sleeping the Sleeping Beauty. Beauty. And then she Beauty. also wrote a historical novel called The Feast of All Saints, which mm -hmm. was a story of the octoroon balls in the French Quarter, and uh, she had a, after after um, the death of her daughter, she had a son, Christopher, who is now also an author and a big activist in the LGBTQ community yes. too. Was Taylor or Loyola? I'm not sure, but he wound up moving to um, to California. Yeah. So after her, so she lived in New Orleans for what maybe it was about twenty years. And, um, okay, like I said, she had a phone number listed in the phone book, and she used to accept calls from her fans. And I would call her house. I called her house. And I talked to her secretary, or her assistant, as we call them now. And we, we used to talk for hours. We, we developed a friendship. Oh. So, when the book, The Tale of the Body Thief, came out, I bought a copy and uh, and she was signing at one of the bookstores. I think it was in Lakeside Mall. Yes, indeed. And mm. I was standing in line waiting to get my book signed. When I got there, I said, um, "You know, I talked." I told her, "I said, you know, I talk to your assistant all the time on the phone." She goes, "Oh yeah, that's me. Oh, Barry." I said, "Yeah." She says, "Oh, you're Barry. You're the United Cab Driver." I said, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "And I said I said." Uh, I, 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 I told, so I told the assistant, I said, you're a lot prettier than I thought you'd be. Oh. And she says, I don't know if I like that. <laughs> <laughs> and Amber, I said, what's that supposed to mean? <laughs> I said, it's supposed to mean that I opened mouth and inserted foot and I, and I have to go now. And Anne Rice just let out this laugh that was just. It was one of those contagious laughs. She just had this kind of laugh that you, it, it was a laugh that made you feel good. Very down to earth woman. She was very, 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 very I mean, not, not celebrity or anything uh, like that um, at all. And even if you saw her being interviewed, she was totally different. You expected like this really serious goth woman with the big glasses and the, and oh yes, oh, 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 that kind of woman. You know what I mean. You know the type. But it, well, you didn't get that at all from her. And I remember when the movie Interview the Vampire came out, which we're going to be talking about on our bonus episode, which will probably be published next week, but we didn't record it tonight. Uh, she um, she was very very vocal. As you know, she had. She had a feisty side, let's see, because she was very, very vocal in the, in the, about the casting of, of Tom Cruise. But when the movie came out, she decided she liked his portrayal and, and she was supportive. But she had this big old feud with Al Copeland. 
Oh open. God! They said that opens over took all like a New Orleans for like. We had a little, the little entertainment tabloid that would come in the Friday newspaper called the uh, the Lanyard, yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. when when I was in theater at the time. That's where we we'd see Richard Dodds had his column. He was a theater critic, and that's where he would list all the auditions. You know, the, the various theaters and productions that were auditioning people. That's how we, we would look for where we were going to go audition that week. And um, she took out this big old front page ad, this big old whole, full page ad in the lanyard talking about the disgraceful, because in her book, um, Memnock the Devil, that's where Lestat goes and dies. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so that building was was uh, had been a Mercedes dealership, and it was kind of sacred to her. And but Al Copeland comes along, and he was definitely the Donald Trump of New Orleans. Remember, you know, this is a guy who created Popeye's Chicken, and he was opulent and tacky and rude, and mean too. Very very mean. He used to do the Christmas death displays by his house in Metairie, and. The food, the food as a cheesecake bistro was always so salty, but the cheesecake was good. The cheesecake was good. The cheesecake. Well, was good. it became a cheesecake. It was called Strata originally, and it's he old, t- yeah. he had this thing had so much freaking neon. It looked like a '59 Cadillac threw up all over it, and um, he, like I said, he was very opulent. Oh yeah. And he did those big old like a lot of the lights that are in Lafayette Park today are from him. Did you know that? Yeah. And he used to do this light display, and his neighbors would complain because the, the, the people were parking on their lawns and their traffic and everything. And one neighbor uh, filed an order, and the, the courts made him take him down. And he went around, uh, he went and told uh, people that the, the, the neighbor, who was actually a Jewish man, uh, but he was, uh, he, was, he was like a performed Jewish man. He actually had a Christmas tree himself. <laughs> and he went around telling them he was a devil worshiper. And people would like throwing rocks at the man's uh-huh. house and everything. And, you know, um, yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, he was the Donald Trump of New Orleans. And I knew he, I, I remember him when I worked at a seafood restaurant in the quarter as a bartender. And he would take well, who we would call his blow up doll. She wound up being his last wife. Uh-huh. And she had so much silicone everywhere, all in her face, all in her tits. She had been a stripper at, at Rick's Cabaret, or one of those. And she smoked. So when we, they would light her cigarette, I'd say, "Be careful, her face might melt." <laughs> so she's the one, and she wound up. She was screwing a pool boy or some kind of thing. I don't know. He got a gardener, <laughs> and, and it was a big old thing like that. But he was always, he was always suing somebody and getting in trouble. So they, this. He, this one page ad, they, they were doing this this tag. Every week she'd put one, and then the next week he'd put one. And then the next week she'd put one, and the next, then he sued her. And the judge threw the lawsuit out, they said, because she has a right to say the building's ugly. <laughs> she has a right. She doesn't have to like it just because it's his restaurant. And it, <laughs> does it stop people from eating there because Anne Rice thinks it's ugly? No. And she was even going to open a restaurant herself called the Lestat Cafe. I don't know. I don't know. It was a bet. It was a mess. But anyway, she wound up. She had a stroke at some point, and her husband died. And then it wound up that she was in that big house by herself, and that wasn't really safe. So she wound, she wound up moving first to a gated community in Canada, and then Hurricane Katrina come, came, and that's when she moved to California to be with her son. Um. 
Now, uh, my brother was with the DA's office at the time, and she, uh, he, um, someone tried to break in her house, and that's oh, when, yeah. that's when she took her phone number out of the phone book. You had to, yeah. He, he said, he, he said that, you know, uh, uh, Harry Connick Sr., the, the DA, the, right. Harry's dad, yeah. the singer's dad, he told her, he said, you know, Ms. Rice, you're, um, Mrs., Mrs. Rice, you're, uh, you're a target. People know you have money and you have your, your, your address and your phone number published in the phone book. So she went and she put, she, she unlisted her phone number, which by that time it was too late because everybody knew where she lived anyway. Mm -hmm. And she also bought this old orphanage, the, was it St. Elizabeth's? Yeah. And that's where she put her doll collection. And in one of her books, the, um, I think it's, it's one of the Witching Hour books, she has a character that collects old really strange dolls. I've seen some people who have seen it and they said that they pretty they were pretty scary. Yeah. But she auctioned all that off. In later years, basically she she used to have still have her um they used to have um at the Robin Street Wharf. At the around the same time they had the Lazarus party, they also had her party every Halloween, the Saturday before Halloween. They still did. And she used to she used to attend them. Yeah, person, yeah. but then later after she, you know, when she moved away and after she didn't really want to go out so much, she would Skype. She'd be there on Skype, and I don't think she was even there at all the last few years. I think she's been. I don't know. Michelle, a friend of mine, Michelle is the is like the head of that, the president of that fan club. That's yeah. The thing, so you have any Amherst stories? Have you ever met her? I never got to meet her. I always, I always revered her as being part of. A huge part of New Orleans culture, you know, and I mean, were it not for her, I, I'm not saying New Orleans hasn't always had some kind of vampire culture, but I think she proliferated it and elevated it to a level that yeah, they have, they have vampire to tours now. Yeah, and, and all the all the not just we're talking about her works, but on all the other TV shows, all the other vampire things that were filmed either in New Orleans or in mm -hmm. Louisiana, pay some homage to that to her. To her, yeah. There's there's I mean I mean whether we're talking about True Blood, The Vampire Diaries. Oh, and she was actually all these other things. Yeah, now, now she is, she started she started really. Um, Communicating with her fans through face through her Facebook page, and it was a fan page that you liked. You didn't, it wasn't a friendship page, but she still talked to you. She talked to me, and she remembered who I was. As a matter of fact, I knew her. Uh, I met her son Chris when he because he got he went into the, the community theater also, and he uh, was doing a production of Evita. He was like he actually was in the chorus of Evita, and I said Chris. I said, I know your mom. She goes, oh, yeah. He says, you Barry, right? Barry Marino. I said, yeah. He says, yeah. Yeah, she talks about you all the time. I said, really? <laughs> <laughs> she says, yeah. She says, she says that you're a really, really nice guy. I said, oh, thank you, Chris. I mean, Chris was actually a Facebook friend for a while, but he went to a fan page like a lot of famous right. people do, like we're going to probably have to do one day. <laughs> well, we actually have a fan page. Don't I we? we do. Yeah, so... <laughs> But you know what? Her tune is, uh, I, I don't know where it is, but Bloody Mary took photographs of it, and I've seen photographs of it, and it's just absolutely, it's 
wow, it's like a stained glass in it. It's huge and where is she buried? I think it wasn't in Metairie? wasn't the tomb in Metairie Cemetery. It's got to be. In like I think she's being buried in Metairie. I think she's being buried buried in Lake Lawn, Metairie Cemetery. I think so. I mean, we. I mean, you have to check that up. But I think. I think. I think that's what I read. Oh, did she? Is she? Have they had the funeral yet? I don't know. They didn't have a second line. That's for damn sure. Because every big pile in town would be there. Well, she should have had a... Um, I think... She, no, no, no. But they probably going, will, okay, maybe. Okay, listen. They, from what I read, they're going to have the, the private... The actual entombment is going to be more of a private family thing. But there is supposed to be a memorial for Anne Rice, which I would expect there would probably be some form of second line or something along those lines. You have it. Well, yeah. they, maybe you should do a second line for Jennifer, huh? <laughs> maybe that followed Anne Rice's second line. Yeah. Well, Jennifer was a big fan of Anne Rice. Now we, she was also a big fan of Dark Shadows. That's why next week's episode is going to be de uh, uh, dedicated to Jennifer. Yeah. Um, but no, well, ne not next week. The week after the December twenty eighth episode. The thing is, Anne Rice. I mean, I think probably when people look back, it, it was it was the way she didn't just humanize the vampires but she made us all look at ourselves and our own humanity through the vampires well you know she was a which fan was of dark shadows which was you yeah. know barnabas collins was right. the original reluctant vampire the vampire with a soul and that that they uh louise her her, her uh, mm -hmm. character was that and so and even lestat a certain but, but extent because yeah, in the later books he, he's a villain in the first book but in the later books he's He's much more. Yeah, um, she took it to the. Yeah, end. she had that already before she died. Yeah, because yeah. uh, yeah, her husband's very good. And she yeah. took it to that deeper level, though. She took. But it yeah, well, yeah, well, that, but, but she she took that, and yeah, and um. And but, I think New Orleans had a big role to play in that. I think New Orleans, when people don't realize, if they're not from here, when you come here, when you live here, it it has a sense where it makes you. Face but like you know, you're you're. Mm. The deeper parts of your humanity, the hidden so, parts, you know, like that, your mortality, that, like yeah. your well, I gave birth to other to later characters like Angel on uh -huh. the, yeah. Buffy and uh, and Bill in um, in True Blood, and uh, yep. you know a lot of that's a stat team. That's a team that they they this is bad. The whole thing you got to post these on a Facebook this whole page. Yeah, of, like iron. The I gotta give me, is. You oh, need yeah. access to the. Um, to the Instagram post. On this, I had a lady on my tour on St. Louis number one. This is in um, Lafayette Cemetery. Mm -hmm. She's like, I wish she was a statue. I was like, man, he's not a real person. He was never really alive. She's like, I know it's in here. I, you're just holding back. I thought these people, the other people on the tour were going to fucking kill this bitch because she was just on and on and on about that. So I found this derelict tomb and said, there he is. She was like, they're posing in front of me and everything. Then they vanished. Um, one of my friends, Alpha Jane, mind me mentioning this, but uh, she had put a post on Facebook, Michelle, my friend Michelle. And uh, I'm not going to give her last name, but um, oh, but Michelle, you know, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. Michelle. I love Michelle. But Michelle's out there. She knows what I'm talking about. She mentioned how um, one time she had went, I guess, to a, a book signing or whatever, and she was talking about how everybody was fans of Lestat, but she told Anne Rice she was a fan of Louis. Well, yeah. I'm and and I think she said, Anne Rice said something, Louis needs fans too. Right. Yeah. Well, and I actually, I'll tell you what you're going to talk more when we get in the interview. Man, I think I told more Louis Did fans. I tell a Brad, my Brad Pitt story on, on this show? Or you should save it for the same. I think I'm gonna save, save it for the, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, 
Um, also, uh, in the mid-2000s, she went back to Christianity to her Catholic faith. And that's when she wrote the books, uh, Jesus, uh, Christ the Lord, is it called? I mean, I'm, I'm looking here on her page to see. Um, she, yeah, oh, she was married to Stan for, for 41 years. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, yeah, she, yeah, Christ the Lord out of Egypt and Christ the Lord, the road to Cana. And they were fictionalized accounts of the incidents in the life of Jesus. And then she distanced herself from uh, Christianity because she didn't like the homophobia and the, and the misogyny and everything that went with it. Yeah. So Now, one of her other works, Queen of the Damned, talk about that for a moment. Yeah. That was beautifully done. Tragically sad because, you know, Aaliyah is no longer with well, us. Well, you know who originally... But, but I'm actually glad Aaliyah was, brought that that piece of work to the screen. It's a shame that, but she died during the filming and that she doesn't have enough. It's gorgeous. She should have more, gorgeous. more than she does. But you know who was originally considered for that role? Who? Cher. Cher? Cher's too old to be that not, not, not now, yeah, but not back then. She could have done it, but I think I'm glad Aaliyah did it. I and then Angelica she, Houston even, was another one that was... Uh, Angelica even, Houston? We're talking about in the 80s. I still Michael. Michael. No, this was the early then. 2000s. Mm -hmm. No, but um, before it was going to be done before oh, that. Oh, the first we're going to do it. Because they were going to do Lestat, and then they were going to yeah. do that. But they pushed it back, yeah. Because the Queen of the Dam was written like in 1986 or I'm something like, like that. I'm like, she might have been able to do it back in the Back in the late 80s, she Angelica Houston probably couldn't do it in the early 80s. I love right. Angelica Houston, but girl. Okay. I like that at least. I thought she actually was a blade mortician. That's why I was just saying. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. I, but you know what? I love Angelica Houston. I so. think she's good. She was but, good as a bit. But Aaliyah, Aaliyah for Queen of the Damned was, was perfect. I mean, and you know, we got to cover. Um, speaking of Aaliyah, we got to cover the R. Kelly thing one day. Oh God! It's very, very disturbing. I really didn't even want to talk about him in re reference to her right now. But no, I'm that's trying to, I'm trying to think of positive. No, that, stuff. he's a big part of her. her I know, life and her I know. Career. I'm talking about the positive light of Aaliyah. Yeah. I know where you're getting at, but, but I mean, we have ugh. to cover this. We, I, know, you know, I know. I know it's icky, but we've ugh. covered a lot of icky things. Asshole. We've had a shot, a, a cop shoot. I don't care if anybody hates me for saying that. I do not like fucking R. Kelly. and never did. I knew something was suspect way back. But well, we're not gonna back off of something because it's icky. I mean, come on. We had a guy. That Cut up know, his girlfriend and cooked her. We do it. We, I'm gonna bad mouth we, his ass. We've covered a cop that murdered in the two innocent children, robbing this place she was supposed to be protecting. We've covered a woman that beat and tortured a young girl to death. So we're on a tribute. We've covered a lot of icky stuff. We're on a tribute for. That's why we're a creepy podcast. We're on a tribute for Anne Rice, though. I want to keep his fucking name out. of All this. right. Well, we're not talking about Anne Rice. Yes. Now I've had a problem with a few of her books. I'll be honest. Okay. Sure. One of them was violin. You're not, the, you're not the first person to say that. It was it, it was overly poetic. There was... Okay, well, it, it starts off where this woman's lover dies of AIDS and she keeps his body in there. She lives in the hotel room with his rotted body in the, in the Pontchartrain Hotel. And she goes off into these tangents of poetry. Well, and she did. Well, I think. Yeah, you're right. That one's not really good. But the part of she did through other works was she was trying to process the pain of losing a lot of friends 
in, in yeah. the AIDS epidemic. Yeah. No, we all did though. I, I Back then, I did. I, I lost a lot. Trouble, I knew. I, I, I've had so much loss now. I'm not losing them so much from the AIDS epidemic anymore. But there's Katrina. Yeah. There's uh, COVID. COVID. There's uh, uh, just age diseases of age. You know, think yeah. you know, like Jennifer didn't. She wasn't uh, she COVID. Had a heart attack. How Jennifer had a heart attack. Marcy had COPD. Marcy myself. Yeah. My um. My my partner had lung cancer. My dad was COPD also. My mom was just dementia. And, well, you know, you, you're you're experiencing the situation. So at as you age. you're experiencing the thing as you get older. The more that you stay around, but the more you look around and you're like, I'm kind of alone. And it's not that you're. It's not the fact that you may not have people around. You you have mm. you know you have Lance. You have your roommate. You have all that. But what happens is. You start to feel alone because you don't have anyone else that remembers the times y'all went through. Well, it's a funny thing. And it thing starts to feel odd. Because I remember, I, I was trying to remember, I, I was thinking about something last night. That siren, something's going down. Hmm. Vampires. I was thinking about something. Vampires like, did it. When I was cleaning in the store last night, I was thinking about something and I said, I, I, I couldn't, I didn't know what, who, what the name of a certain person. I said, I'm going to have to call Jennifer and ask her. I just thought that and was like oh shit I can't and it's not because she's bad at me I can't I can't call her she's gone yeah and sometimes you go like and and it's the same thing with my mom like it's funny like we were talking about Lisa Brown because my mom was a big fan of Guy Light my first thing was is oh I have to tell mom about this wait a minute mom's been gone seven years you know (laughs) can't tell her about this yeah. And it's really, you know, it's it, it, it's it's tough. Well, and, and that and I think that probably what bothered you with Anne Rice with some of these writings is it's like there was no distraction in that writing. Well, it that, was no, whole, it wasn't. It was the way it was written was was it was so personal to her that I couldn't get into it. Is what it was. Because some of the things she was saying, I was like, mm, okay, is something going to happen now? Oh. You know, it was like, I had uh, The Witching Hour, the first book, I had no problem getting through. It was it was fabulous. Some of the later ones, oh, they were really hard to get through. The vampire books, I never had any problem getting through any of them. They all were wonderful. Everyone that I've read. Yeah. They flowed really well. And The Witching what better and the feast of all saints was really really easy to get through especially when you knew the history and everything but that one violin that was a hard that was a hard one but you know what that you know what, it's great that you're actually saying this though because when you look at it it says something about her as a writer she wasn't just one note no she wasn't even within a singular work she was never just one note but then when you look at it on a broader spectrum between all her works there's a lot of variety. There's a lot of diversity on Hanks. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, I'm not saying anything that. that, that well, no, no, no. But that, but that's great that you. I'm just you saying I, I could not get into. No, it. that's good though. That's good though because that means she was pouring out her soul, whether you got it or not. Yeah, and it, that's and the obviously, great point. This is something that maybe should. It, it might have been too personal to be published. As you know, that that's kind of how. But then again, I look at it. Maybe not. Because it, I mean, people are going to look back because we, 
I think we do this with Arthur's in the moment, but then we'll look back at it 10, 20 years from now, gets a relook at, and people will be like, whoa, now this makes sense. You know what I'm saying? So, or, or, or. And you know, this was written not long after the, um, the death of her husband, the oh, violin my, book. Exactly. Mm. So, and see, so for some that, people, yeah. for some people, it, they're going to connect with it when they need to. Because it was about the violin. Um... I do know what you're talking about with this one, though. I mean, yeah. I, did, I never actually fully read the book, but I had friends that read it. Yeah, it's kind of... It's... it's... Cantero? I, just read that. I know there's a page. I don't story. even know if we... It's kind of like a... It's like a sorrowful note that's expanded out, I guess is a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah, the ghostly violin. Yeah, And the ghost of Beethoven's in it. And it's... It's sort of a yeah. There we go. The clock struck again. Yeah. So, yeah. So anyway, uh, so she was living. Last she was living in uh, where at was it? Wait, let me find her again. Oh, uh, later in her life she was with. with um, she left New Orleans. Yeah, she went to California and she settled in La Jolla. At first, for describing the weather of like it's like heaven. But then she purchased a home in you know, Rancho Mirage, which is where her son lives, because he lives in L.A. Yeah. <laughs> There's L.A. again. <laughs> uh, There's a little secret thing between this stuff about L.A. Um, <laughs> but I mean, Anne Rice is a millionaire. She could go to L.A. and you know, pretty much do anything she wanted. You know, she had enough money. It wasn't like she was broke with, you know. Holes in her drawers and 50 cents in her pocket going that way, you know. She's not staying at the Cecil. No, she ain't staying at the she Cecil. Did. She ain't poor Lisa Lamb. No. no, but it's dangerous too and scary. Yeah, that's about. No, it's not the haunting pad that's, t- that's it's scary. The it's the people that are They're there. living there. It's the people that are there that are scary. So, anyway, so what do you know? You never met her? You said you said Yeah, when I was working at Kiko's a uh, thousand years ago, she came in and I waited, I waited on her. Any of you have a favorite book of hers? I'm saying every vampire would be mine. I'd have to... Sp- I guess I just like female females more. I'd have to go more Queen of the Damn. I'm with the vampire list at. Because it really showed... It rounded up. An interview with a vampire... I'm not saying I don't like interview with a vampire. I do. People don't hate yeah. me. I just... I have a well, slight... Well, see, we all have our different ones. The Queen of the Dam has more of that goddess kind of energy mm-hmm. going on, which I like. Oh, yeah, you love the goddess stuff. I'm going to tell you why... Uh, what it is about uh, Vampire Lestat that I like. In the original interview with the vampire book, Lestat was pretty much a one-note character. Yeah. He was, his character was pretty flat. But in this one, he is... You learn more about it. You learn how he became what he was. You learn about how he was a wolf hunter in France before he became a vampire. And which one are you talking hunt. about? What's that vampire Lestat? Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, you're talking about that. And one. then okay. it takes it all the way to how he becomes a rock star in the 20th century. Yeah. Which is why I kind of always thought I wanted to see Sting play Lestat. Yeah. I thought Sting was it, Sting, when Sting, was, right. Sting which, when he was Sting when he was thirty five. Which was kind of like I guess they tried that. Well, which we'll talk about in interview. But that has to do with maybe that little final scene in interview with a vampire. Kinda puts that homage to being a rock star, sort of. 
Yeah, and then they do the, the we'll Guns N' Roses we'll version of the of the the Rolling Stone song "Sympathy yeah. with the Devil." Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I and I always wanted to see. I wanted to see him. Now, who is it? They, who did they cast as Lestat? I think they've already cast it for the TV show. Oh, God. I thought Cody Fern would have been good, but I saw him down in every. I'm no, actually, Cody Fern would not be good, and I'll tell you why. Even though he has the look and all, Cody Fern. My problem would been with him is that he already played Michael Langdon, and I think playing Lestat would be too much. It would be too close. We need somebody different. I didn't like Stuart Townsend as... uh, What? Michael Landon? Langdon. They played the Antichrist. Oh, that's right. Yeah. The name of the Antichrist is Michael Langdon. I didn't like Stuart Townsend as... um, So are you looking up to find out who who is... Yeah, that's what I'm looking up right now. Well, they've been filming down there at the Ursuline Convent. Every night. I'm trying to think. We'll find out who it is. Tell us. That's what I'm trying to find out right here. Um, Sam Reed. Sam Reed. Let me see. This is him. Ooh. The look is good. Hey. And um, let's see. Uh, what's he? What's he known for? Prime Suspect, 1973. And uh, he so that obviously he's a he's an Aussie actor, Australian actress, Aussie. He was in uh, Aussie dramas, The Hunting and Lambs of God, and. Prime Suspect, 1973. Is Helen Mirren in that, too? And as noted, above the Empire. Okay, yeah. Oh, this is produced by Brian Fuller, and um, who produced Hannibal and other things, too. That might be well done, then. So anyway, it might, it, I, th- I think it's going to be pretty good. It's going to be direct to AMC+, Plus, so it, it will be okay. TVMA. You can't do Red Vampire Status in TV 14, no. I'd like to see Buffy rebooted in the TVMA. Oh, Lord, man, that's awful. Bite your tongue. I loved it. Well, I loved it. It doesn't matter what you think. Shane. He has a Buffy tattoo on him. Oh, Lord, Jesus He would have a Buffy super fan here. Yeah. Yeah. Barry, yeah. Okay, now you are about to cause a rift on air. I'm on a rift right now, though. The chasm is growing right now <laughs> between Michael and Barry. Obviously, there's an open bar somewhere. Oh! <laughs> I uh, So, I don't know. I just didn't. I, I, I don't know. It's just didn't help you. It ran forever. Yeah, it was good. But you know what? No, but okay. You know what I'm going to say? I, I could see where you're saying that, but what I liked about Buffy was the fact. Well, that was our first chance when we started to get a little more comedy with vampires. Like, real comedy. Which, we wouldn't have gotten True Blood if it wasn't for Buffy. And we wouldn't have had what we do in the shadows. Now, if, if, you, if you say that about Twilight, I'll agree with you. I don't like Twilight. I don't care for Twilight. So. If y'all like Twilight, oh well. I never liked Twilight. I, I didn't like, like it. Anyway, before I go... Vampires to... don't fucking sparkle, bitch. Any of you guys have anything to add to the Anne Rice legacy before I... um Maybe that band. Before I go to the social media? So sad. Like I said, part of, part of New Orleans' soul mm. was put to rest. Yeah. Wow, Anne, we love you. You, you, you left us a wonderful legacy, a wonderful body of work. You're going to live forever. Yes. Through yes. all this. Yes. There's a TV show with all your stuff coming up. And you, and we still have the movies and the books 
that have already been published and already drained. We I watched the interview with the vampire, which we just getting ready to, to wrap this episode up. So we could do the review on it. And so, I hope you terrorize an Al Copeland on the other side. Oh, right. yeah. Oh, give him hell. I've in hell. Oh, yeah. He's in heaven. <laughs> That's right. Anyway, <laughs> so you can follow us on Twitter at A Shothers. Our, our uh, Facebook page is the official page for Open Shothers, a creepy podcast. In- Instagram at Open Shothers Podcast. Our email is openshothers at yahoo.com and movieshothers at al.com. So. Until next time, enjoy the view from the open shutters. But don't fall out the window. Unless you're Anne Rice, then no. you fly out. Okay, we don't That's want, we don't want Anne falling out the window. We're going to fly out. All right, Good goodbye, everybody. Good night. Good night. Scary ghost, creepy serial killers, all things that go bump in the night. Enjoy the view from the open shutters. <laughs>